mean, I think some people naturally have it, have that fighter's instinct, and some people naturally are just competitors. And, and so some people can hide in this game as competitors and get by for so long until they find someone with the, a skill set that can expose them and, and, sh and then show whether or not they're, they're a fighter. And some some break and some, some succeed. So it's a, it's a weird game to, uh, to find that relaxation. I think it's just... That's that's everything. Relaxation, confidence, that's technique. And that's 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 everything in all aspects and every in every sport and, and everything in life really. Uh, hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Your Brain on Sports podcast. Again, this podcast is in conjunction with the Brain on Sports book that I wrote recently with Sam Summers. Thought we'd do something a little different this week. We have a uh, guest from the UFC, middleweight champion Luke Rockhold. He has a fight coming up, and uh, there is probably a certain irony here as UFC and media obligations were a uh, big topic Last week with Conor McGregor retiring and then unretiring in the span of a few days uh, owing to media obligations that he felt were forced upon him. But uh, Luke Rockhold came to us uh, freely and uh, we had a really good conversation about what it's like to compete in a combat sport where it's obviously a lot different from this team scored more runs or this basketball team put more points through the basket. Um, we talk about all sorts of things, mostly about competition, especially he has a defense a rematch of his middleweight fight coming up in a few weeks. So let's turn it over. We'll go to Las Vegas where uh, we got Luke Rockhold. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm just in Vegas, just doing a couple couple PR things. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that later. P PR things for UFC. Hot hot topic this week. But um, th this podcast is really more for, uh, for sort of the general sports fan. I, I don't know how many hardcore UFC fans are, are listeners. So I, I kind of want to talk more generally about competition. And yeah. I, I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, I, I, your dad played pro basketball. You, you've played other sports. And I wanted to get a sense to start with of what it's like competing in a combat sport. <clears throat> combat sport is uh, it's so much different than, than anything else. I mean, I grew up on a competitive level in, in so many different sports, uh, comp teams on, from soccer, basketball, volleyball, you know, and then I just kind of canceled them all out because it was – it, it was more rewarding. It was more demanding. Um, the, those individual sports and and combat sports on another level. When I, I kind of first engaged in was uh, judo when I was about six years old, and I I just took a liking to it. It was just the fulfillment and the the achievement of, of overcoming some uh, another being. And you know when you're set man to man and uh, and overcoming that is just there's nothing like it. It's not like winning a game. You know, there's not quarters, there's not innings, there's not series. It's right then and right there. And you just got it. It's man on man and, and just it, it's going to demand everything about everything. You can't cut a corner. You can't cheat because it'll all come out. And, and, and then there's just losing is the worst thing in the world, but winning is the best. And, you know, that's, that's what makes competition for me so great. Yeah, I wanted to talk, talk about the other side of that because it's not like, the other guy, uh, you know, needed fewer strokes to uh, hit the golf ball into 18 holes, or he happened to uh, have a better bowling game. I mean, when you when you lose, often you've been physically dominated by another person. What what's the losing like? 
the losing is pretty much the worst thing you could ever imagine. But I mean, it, it, it all depends on how you take it. If you take it in stride and you learn from it. I, I think le- my losses in life have been the best things that ever happened to me um, in my career per se. Like, uh, so I've lost twice in my career. I lost my second fight. I didn't take it that seriously. I didn't, I didn't focus. I didn't put in the time. I kind of cheated a little bit in training and, uh, and I paid for it. And I just, I just wasn't in the right headspace. And, but you see what happened from then on that second loss. I mean, that first loss, I went on to go nine fights undefeated and won strike force middleweight title and defended it twice. I got a little complacent. I came in, I fought Vitor Belfort and I, I took my second loss. I got caught. I learned from that and I came back and I, and I won five straight fights and won the UFC middleweight title. So, uh, the, the losses are, I think losses are make the man, you know, make it, make a champion. And, and it'll, it's very telling how you come back from those. So, uh, it's, it can be the most embarrassing demeaning moment of your life, but it just, uh, or it can be, you know, something that can propel you to, to greater heights. So, so the fighter you beat to win the belt, Chris Weidman, I, I saw him a few days ago in New York. There was a ceremony when the bill got passed to legalize MMA, and, and he's still physically, you still see marks from your fight. And I, I'm curious about the role of pain. I mean, here, here we are four months later, and, and the guy still has bruises around his eye from where you, know, you, you hit him. You talk to NBA players, and they'll tell you that pain isn't really something they think about. And you talk to NFL players, and they say, look, it's not a paralyzing fear. But yeah, I, I think about pain. In, in MMA in particular, what's the role of pain in, in your mindset before you compete? Before you compete, I mean, there's there's no there's no pain. You have to block it out. I mean, there's so much. But I, I think it's more more the likelihood the, the the likelihood that it's it's not just winning and losing. There's a chance that physically this could hurt. Yeah, that, that's not even a thought. That's not even a thought when you're going into a world title fight and you realize what's on the line and, and what's out there. It's uh, the pain and and all that. It really doesn't cross my mind. Um, I've been fairly lucky to stay healthy in my career and, and avoid, you know, big damaging shots and, and, uh, nothing too crazy, you know, going into these fights. Um, but it, it can't be a thought in your mind. Of course you deal with that afterwards, um, nagging injuries and things like that. I think the most part is, is the training camp and fighting is, is the, uh, the toughest part getting through the, the little, bumps and bruises and picking yourself up every day and pushing yourself harder and pushing through those, those injuries and those, those moments of pain. What kind of work do you do on your mental game? I've done, I think more work and more focus and more meditating than anybody in this game. And, you know, I might not be the, the most talented, most technical guy in, in every asset in every aspect of the game. I'm sorry. Uh, but, my mental game is sharper and stronger than anybody out there. I, I just know what it takes to win, and, and I won't give up. I will push myself harder in these training camps. That, that's The training camp is everything. If you don't push yourself to the limit, if you cut a corner in this game, you will be exposed. This is the highest level of competition. You're, you're fight, I'm fighting the next best guy in the world, and he's on the other side of the country, the planet, training to, for that same exact day that time that it's not like a, we don't have another, you can't have an off day. You have to build right. consistency in your life. Mm-hmm. And so every you have to be perfect on that exact moment. 
a day, the hour, the second, and, and it can be over in a flash second. So um, mental game is, is everything. And it's just, I think for me is I've read a lot of books. I've kind of bounced off and, you know, trial and error and just understanding my body through training and, and, and how it works and where my mind is best. And that's just through competition. It, I think it's letting go of winning and losing, focusing on enjoying the moment and just complete like tunnel vision, black, almost blocking out everything and relying on instinct. You, you build instincts through training camp and you just enjoy the moment. Don't forget don't, that, that you create, you create your body gets tense and tightens up if you think about the winning and the losing and the moments and what he's going to do it's not about what he's going to do it's about what i'm going to do and that's all it is i don't i don't focus on if i kick here he's gonna you know he's going to take me down and it's just it doesn't matter what he's going to do it's all about myself in there i just i just enjoy it you often hear fighters say like i just need to go in there relaxed and I'm always curious about the specifics of that. The you know our, our neurochemistry uh, w- w- would offset any instincts to relax, w- w- whether it's fight or flight. How do you sort of get to that? What, what do fighters mean when they say I've got to fight a relaxed fight? And, and how do you get yourself there when you, you've got a lot coursing through your body that would uh, seem to militate against relaxation? Practice, 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 practice. Uh, this is a this is a game, and so I mean I think some people naturally have it have that fighter's instinct, and some people naturally are just competitors, and and so some people can hide in this game as competitors and get by for so long until they find someone with a a skill set that can expose them and and sh- and then show whether or not they're they're a fighter, and some some break and some you know some succeed. So uh, it, it is a uh, is a is a weird game. To, uh, to find that relaxation, I think it's just that's that's everything. Relaxation, confidence, that's technique, and that's 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 everything in, in all aspects and every in every sport and, and everything in life, really. What's the difference? And between... that that relax that relaxation gives you those kind of those slower outer body experiences where everything's almost seems in slow motion, and then you can really kind of adjust. Adjustment is everything in fighting too. If you're not seeing, if you're not relaxed, you're not seeing his movements and his techniques and what he's, you know, he's going back to. And so you have to be able to counter that. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if you've, have you fought anyone twice before? Have, have you had a rematch like this before in your this, career? This is my first rematch. How's, how's, how, how's that been? I mean, it was big, big difference between uh, fight, fighting a guy you've never, you've never been in there with versus fighting a guy where not only have you had a, a belt fight, a title fight, but, he, you you won that one. You know, we we always know about the Rocky that sort of comes back and tries to avenge defeat. But w- what's it like for you, where you're you're the champion, you're you're trying to hold court twice in a row now? Uh, yeah. it's no less motivating. I'll tell you that. I mean, the fact that it's motivating enough to go out there and win win the title and be the champion, but to think that someone's trying to take that from you is almost more motivating. And and I have an understanding of obviously what I've been in there with and, and what he's capable of. Um, so uh, I think it's, you know, I, I can just build upon what I have and, and try to better myself um, where I, where I think I, I lacked efficiency in the fight. So uh, just, just simple things to tune up and, and to better my performance. I, I want to go out there. I want to be flawless. 
I, I think I dominated the last fight, but I, I left some openings and uh, I want to, I want to leave no doubt and leave no hope next time around. I want to go out there every performance, every time I step in the cage, I want to be flawless and, and as close to perfection as possible. What's your relationship with your opponent? I mean, I always, I always feel like fighting is this strange contradiction where it's, you know, it's you're an adversary, and you're, you're again, you're trying to physically dominate someone, and yet it's this really kind of intimate, intimate sport. I mean, I, I what's the relationship between a guy who, on, on the one hand, you're competing against, and he's your adversary, and at the same time, it's just the two of you and no one else sharing this moment inside the octagon. Did yeah, that, make, did that mean, make sense? I intimacy, I guess. What, whatever you want to look at that, um, it is, uh, it, it is, it is different than anything else you'll ever you'll ever find in, in the uh, athletic world. It's, uh, yeah, I have to know my opponent in in and out. I kind of study my guys for months at a time, sometimes for years before I even get to them, and uh, and so I feel like I know them before I get in there and, and understand everything they're gonna. They're gonna bring me. So I mean, it's uh, it's an. Im- I'm trying to embarrass this guy, man. I'm gonna. I'm, one of us is gonna get embarrassed to, in front of millions and millions of people, and and have our hearts broken and our dreams crushed. And uh, and to think that I can be like friends with somebody, it's it's pretty hard. Building and when the fight is is signed and announced, and and we, as we get closer, because I have to push my body to these limits, and and, and I'm broken and I'm bruised, and I have to get back up because I know this guy's on the other side the world trying to take this from me and so it definitely gets gets personal and that's why you see uh, like a lot of emotion and, and people we start picking each other apart in, in these promotional build-ups um I, I think there's a there's a there's a respect factor 100 percent out there but you know before then it, it's warfare you know the, I'll, I'll give my opponent due respect afterwards when i lose but before it's uh it's game. It's there's, warfare. There's 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 authentic, authentic tension and dislike right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, this dude, this dude's coming, coming to take this from me, and I don't take that lightly. Right. I'm out there, and I'm, I'm. It's pissing me off every day. I torture myself. Training camps are are brutal, and they're long, and and, and there's just one guy on the other side of that trying to take this from me, and so I have to get up, and I have to do this to myself every day. But, you know, in the end, there's nothing like it. There's no feeling like it. There's no reward like it. And that's why I love what I do. I, I love fighting. I actually love going in there. But to do it, a training camp, just to beat yourself down and push yourself further and try to better yourself and just shut out the world, that's that's what I do. This is what I live for. What, what impact do you rough. think? I mean, what, what are the sacrifices? Like, what, what impact has this had on your on your personal life, do you think? I think it's different for everybody. It depends on how much you give, but I mean, I, I give everything and I, I enjoy myself away from the cage. And I think that's necessary, but when it's time to fight, when, when it, when it's within that window, that 10, 12 week window, I really, I, I, I don't do anything else like that. It's, it's going to stray from, from my goal and my, you know, reaching my potential in this game. So it's uh, it demands everything diet, exercise, sleep, rest, it, it's, uh, I shut out everything. I can't even have a girlfriend in this sport. I couldn't imagine, like, I see guys. That's what I was going to ask. It's got, I got to be so selfish at that time, at that, in that window of training camp. And then I couldn't imagine being able to have all these other options, you know, to deal with and to stray me away. 
because I, I really just want to sleep after I'm done training and <laughs> rest and eat. And so I got to get all the right pieces of the puzzle together. Your fight is uh, the first first weekend in June. It's obviously UFC 199. So we're about six weeks out. Um, wh- where where are you? I mean, what's it's it's as though uh, you know you, you've got more than a month I'm to in go. Las Vegas right now. But I mean, <laughs> in, uh, metaphysically, where are you? Where 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 yeah. are you sort of in the process here? Uh, I'm I'm on track, no doubt. I think uh, things are really starting to heat up now. Um, I've got my body into shape and almost, almost at weight. And, and, uh, you know, I, I really, some people try to push a little later on, they, they keep their weight higher and they, they don't have, they try to make that harder push later on. But I've, uh, I prep my body about 12 weeks out for these last six to eight weeks so I can push, you know, as hard as I possibly can. So it's, it's every day at this point I'm, I'm pushing six weeks out. If this is, you know, you listen to your body and you have to hold back at times, but, uh, I'm training twice a day. I'm getting as much rest as possible and, and uh, as little free time, really. I mean, I'm uh, doing everything I got to do. How, how how bad is your cut, your weight cut? It's not that bad. I, I mean, I'm I'm right now six weeks out. I'm I'm going to bed at, at 205 pounds on the full belly. Oh, okay. So you're, uh, that's that's yeah. a lot better than most anybody in this say. game. I guarantee you Chris Wyman's not, not where I'm at. You're you're not one of these guys that's got to uh t- take it, take down eight percent of his body weight in the uh in the week before he gets on the scale. Um Nah, nah, I, I, I get I get it pretty close. So I, I wasn't when we set this up, I wasn't gonna ask you about this, but it became the uh the, the topic of the week. Um and, and I think apart from the specifics, I do think it raises some interesting questions. I mean, what the, this Conor McGregor news that's that's gone everywhere and from from where I sit anyway is kind of um obscured John Jones fight. I mean, this has kind of been the, the story of the week. But it is an interesting story to me about this push pull between promotion versus training. What what were your thoughts when you read his Facebook post yesterday? I think Connor is great for the sport, but he's great at manipulating uh, people into thinking certain things. Um, you know, I, I uh, let's leave it at that. Well, what about? A, what, <laughs> I think he's he's a, he's a great he's a great promoter, and he's uh, he's he's a great he's a good fighter too, uh, no doubt. But uh, I think uh, he's he's definitely caught the world's attention. Good for him, and, and I um, I'm happy he he graced the sport, and, and uh, hope he. You know, I'm glad he continues to to keep fighting. What What about just sort of leaving Conor McGregor out of this, just generically? How How do you balance? Look, you've you've got to sell these fights, and we we want people to care, and the pay per views are what pay the bills. Versus, you've you've got to fight in six weeks. I appreciate you're taking time to uh, to talk to me today, but I also appreciate that uh, you you got a job to do, and it's not doing podcasts for a living. How How do you balance? Some some of the promotional obligations with the fact that you're a fighter and not a uh, not a carnival barker. Uh, I don't think it's too much. You know, I think sometimes the uh, the interviews and and the uh, all, all the promotion. I think it kind of helps center you and and refocus you. Uh, I think to understanding how the magnitude of what you're about to partake in. And so I think uh, it all depends on how you take it. Um, I don't think it, it's that big a deal. Um, you can you can limit it to some extent. I mean, the stuff that they require is uh, I, I don't I don't think it's too much. I think he's might be over exaggerating a bit, 
on, on that note and, and covering up some, some other issues. I don't, I don't know. So that's, that's uh, my opinion on the matter. What do your folks think of this? I mean, your, your dad was a basketball player of, of, of a high level. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, they probably as new as the sport is, I suspect they did not envision when you were a young kid that their son would be the middleweight uh, MMA champion fighting in a cage. What, what do your folks uh, think of what you do for a living? Uh, my parents have always been big supporters of me, uh, through wrestling. I, I competed at a pretty high level in you know, collegiate high school wrestling. And then, uh, that transferred into jujitsu and I started winning these, these tournaments and, uh, on, on the, you know, national and world worldwide level. So they saw me kind of gradually build up and I, I geared them up for this moment. And they kind of foresaw it coming. Um, they've always supported me. My mom's like my biggest fan. She, has tried to travel the world and hasn't really missed a fight. She, uh, the only fight she missed was Brazil. Cause I didn't want her traveling with her and her friends through the South of Brazil. So, uh, I mean, I, uh, I, I feel like I've made, made it fairly easy on them. I've, uh, I've went out there and I've, I've controlled these fights and I, I don't fight too ugly. I, I try to be precise <laughs> and technical. I feel like there's this range of parents, you know, some of the, uh, you, you got some guys and they're in the corner and you've got some parents who are sort of looking one hand over their eyes and you've got others who are just like, I'm home. Text me when you're done. Uh, but your, your folks, your, your folks are cool watching this. Yeah. What's, you know what I'm always curious about with, with MMA, you know, I, I guess as a headliner, you probably get your own dressing room, right? Uh, yeah. So, but, but what's, when, when you're in there and when, when you're in there and a bunch of guys are, you know, there's, there's whatever, a blue, blue dressing room and a red dressing room when you're on the undercard and you're trying to do your thing and, and get in your headspace and you've got fighters, coming in and out and some of them have been victorious and are, are ecstatic and others are probably absolutely dejected. What does it do on your preparation to share a locker room with other fighters? And especially when you've got these, I mean, you said it before, you're either, you're either embarrassed and it's brutal and the worst feeling ever, or you're ecstatic. Um, I, I can't imagine what it would be like preparing for a fight with other guys walking in bloody and bowed or conversely, you know, thrilled that they've won this fight what's that whole dynamic like in in a shared locker room it's a tough situation to be in um like i said i'm I'm in such tunnel mode tunnel vision mode at that at that time that um it's i don't try to take in anything i just try to focus on what's in front of me um but with that said there's there's been times where you have to fight on the same card as as your friends and as your teammates even even more so and that's that could be tough. I mean, we have we have Anthony Pettis and his little brother who seem to fight on their cards all the time, like they are this weekend. Um, I'll, I'll tell you from one experience we had. Uh, it was the uh, one of the biggest strike force events back in the day. We had it was myself, Daniel Cormier, Mola Wall, uh, Mike Kyle. So we had we had four teammates fighting on the same card, and and then I so Mo fought. I fought for the world title against Jacques Ray on a five round battle. And DC had Daniel Cormier had to stay in the back room watching me struggle and, and pursue obviously my dreams. And we, me and DC are like brothers. Okay. And, and, uh, and so he watched me go through a five round war with Jacques Ray and win the world title through, through the adversity. And, and I started crying on the mic and, and freaking out and all the stuff that we've been through from just, rags to to riches me and dc is on living in in the worst conditions possible and so he had to sit back there and watch me 
to do this. And, and crying the mic, he started tearing up in the back watching him, and he had to check himself and, and realize he was right after me to go back out there and fight in the uh, heavyweight Grand Prix. So that was that was a funny experience hearing that one from DC, and, and uh, I'm I'm glad I, I haven't had to fight after you know uh, someone I I care for that much because that that would be definitely hard to kind of re-engage yourself back into that process. And and now now you're you're obviously at the point where you're probably uh you you've, you've got a room to yourself. You probably don't have to worry about that. Uh, probably don't have to worry about that now. <laughs> thank thank God I got the room to myself now, and uh, yeah, I try to try to hold my own cards by myself. No 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 friends and family on the cards. One one last question. You you do realize you have the all time best fighter name going. People have told you that, right? <laughs> Luke, Luke Rockhold, uh, you know, that would be better if you're WWE. When I started wrestling, I was uh, checking for a wrestling tournament in junior high, and they're like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, damn straight. But the Rockhold on this fool. So it's, uh, it's been classic. It's carried me well through my career, no doubt. Luke Rockhold, you, you do not need a nickname. Just use your uh, your birth name. Uh, this was great. I really, uh, it's a good conversation. I really appreciate this. And uh, good good luck in six weeks, man. Thank you, John. Look forward to it. Thank All right. Take care. All right. Thanks again to Luke Rockhold, our guest today. He was great. Again, he's the middleweight champion for the UFC, 31 years old. As you can tell, a very thoughtful guy who is known as much for his mental skills in the octagon as his technical skills. He has that rematch coming up. We'll have another guest soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Suggestions, criticism, thoughts. Possible guests always welcome. Again, you can follow all the SI Network podcasts on Stitcher, the iTunes app, si.com backslash podcast, wherever good podcasts are sold. That'll do it for this week. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Have a good week.